Adam and Eve had intimate fellowship in the presence of God before the fall. When God created this earth, he created it perfect. He created man and woman perfect. And they lived in perfect harmony with God. And the Bible says that they dwelt in Eden, which was an amazing place. And the Bible says they walked with God and they fellowshiped with God and they had fun with God and they were doing what they were purposed to do, which was to have dominion over all this earth. And then something happened that disrupted their relationship with God. What was that thing that happened? Is that they got tempted. And as a result of temptation, they sinned. And as a result of their sin, God being holy and just and fair, he had to remove them from his presence because in his presence, sin cannot abound. And we see man now has a problem where man was in close, intimate relationship with the creator of this world and his very own creator. He now becomes afraid, isolated and alone having to live outside of this intimate relationship that he had with God. And the rest of it, as they say, is history. It says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day, and the man and his wife hid themselves, listen to this, from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. What did they do? They hid themselves from what? The presence of God. And we're going to unpack in this series what it really means for us to, what is the presence of God? What does it mean for us to live in the presence of God? What does it mean for us to experience the presence of God in our everyday life? And how does the presence of God in today's day and age work in our lives as believers and in this world? We see at that time that Adam and Eve had to hide when they identified the presence of God behind some trees. I love what Psalm 139 verses 7 to 10 say, says. It says, David is saying this, God, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me fast. A far cry from the picture of Adam and Eve who were trying to hide from God's presence to where David is saying, God, where can I go from your presence? You are everywhere. So there is the understanding that God's presence is everywhere. He is an omnipresent God. Which means God is everywhere. He's where we meet as believers. He's where the most horrendous sins take place. He is wherever, whatever is happening, His 
presence is there. That is the omnipresence of God. Acts chapter 17 verses 22, 27 to 28 says, He is not far from any of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. We go from a God who is everywhere. There is also the presence of God where he is part of who we are. He is what? For in him we live and move and have our being. Something amazing happens when you Choose to follow Jesus Christ. Now your choice to follow Jesus Christ is not simply you raising a hand at a meeting and saying, Jesus, I love you. That may be your starting point. But it is much more than an event. It is a willful choice that I made, that you made at some point in your life to turn from your previous way of life, whatever it was, and to Turn and to follow Jesus Christ. And in doing that, that moment you make that choice earnestly with your heart and with your mind and you declare that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, something supernatural happens. The Bible says God dwells within us. So God who is everywhere is now a God who dwells within you. Not everyone God is everywhere, but when you choose to follow Jesus Christ and you accept him as your Lord and Savior and make him the king of your life, the center of your life, he now dwells within you. I love what Psalm 16 and verse 11 says, You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God fills us with joy when we are in His presence. And there is eternal pleasure at His right hand. We're going to unpack what it means to dwell and live in God's presence in the coming weeks. Now we understand that God is omnipresent and it's, uh, not, ready to, it's not readily discerned with the senses. It's a reality. Can you look out of the window and say God is there? You can't see him but you know he's there because he says he's there do you know God is here how do you know he's here he said he's here and because he's a God of his word you trust him and so we understand through faith that God is here because if you don't believe in God where is God he's not there for you he's nowhere for you God does not exist so it is faith that brings us in to an understanding and a revelation of where God is and relationship to where he is, what it means for each one of us. So it's a reality to people who understand God, who know him, who have a relationship with him. But to many, that is just not something that makes any sense at all. Now, I want to move from the presence of God all around us to the manifest presence of God where we experience something real, something tangible 
which is much more than looking out the window and saying, I know God exists. The manifest presence of the Spirit may not be visible. It may not be something you hear or sometimes you may not even sense it, but it is real. Now, for most of us charismatics, we rely a lot on our senses. And it's not wrong, God gave them to us. He gave us emotions, He, he gave us the ability to discern, to sense, to feel, to hear. And whether we feel, hear, or sense, God is present. I remember years ago, there was Colin Urquhart teaching in Mumbai. And I had a pair of hand-me-down trousers made from pure wool. It looked like smart trousers, so I put them on and went to this conference. The last day of the conference, all about entering into the presence. Three days of teaching by Colin Urquhart, great teacher of how to enter the presence of God and sitting under the canopies that you typically would have in Mumbai, the pandals. And after a whole lot of worship, my woolen trousers began to itch like crazy. And whilst everybody else was entering into the presence of God, all I could worry about was itching in the presence of God. There was no experience of that great crescendo from three days of teaching. Oh, now I'm going to enter into the glory of God. I'm going to sense His presence. Whilst everyone around me was like lost in it, I was like, oh God, oh God, oh God. I was itching away to glory as it were. Now it doesn't mean to say that God was not present. And because my senses were otherwise distracted, it doesn't mean to say that God was not there. You get the point I'm trying to make. And we've got to be careful as charismatics are rely so much on the experiential experience. I could have said, God, you didn't show up at that conference for me. But that's not true. God's manifest presence moves from something that is just around to something that is real and close to us. The Bible says that you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So God doesn't choose just to abide around us, but he has chosen to put his divine presence within us. And yet, we can say it feels sometimes like God is not with me. Yet we can say, sometimes I feel alone. Come on, how many of you have said that? Yet we can say, God feels so distant from me. I mean, just logically think about it. If God is within you, how far away is he? It's a conundrum, isn't it? Why then do I not feel he is with me? We must learn that faith must always precede feelings. What is it? Faith must always precede feelings. And our feelings must follow our faith. And our faith must never follow our So no matter 
what you feel, God is with you. Jesus promised, he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. That means once you come into a relationship with God, you have him for life. Now, let me give you an illustration. Let's use a family living together in perfect harmony. Sounds like a song coming along. And uh, all of a sudden, there is disagreement within the family, as there is in most normal families. <laughs> and there's a banging of doors, and one individual in the family has chosen to isolate themselves because they're feeling whatever they're feeling. Are they no longer part of that family? Does that family not have a presence within that home? Yes. But the individual who has isolated themselves will begin to feel what? Lonely and rejected and unaccepted by the family that they were living in perfect harmony a few seconds ago. In the same geographical region, probably not more than a few square feet away, all of a sudden, they don't feel part of this family. I want to find another family. This family is terrible. Come on, you've all been there and done that. Don't be, look so holy at me, all right? <laughs> and given enough time, you come to your senses. The point I'm making is that it is the same with God. God never moves his location in us. But when we relocate ourselves from our relationship with God, we feel that he is distant. We feel like, sorry, that he is not listening to us. We begin to believe that he does not care for us. And our feelings now become the foundation of our faith rather than our faith and God's word alone. I will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. The assurance that we have that God is with us. The assurance that we have that God dwells within us. And the certainty of knowing that he will never leave us, no matter what. I've heard so many people share, oh, if you don't live a holy, righteous life, uh, God will like disown you. Like once you were in his presence, now you're no longer in his presence. God's presence is not so insincere and insecure that he cannot handle your sin, that he cannot handle your mistakes, that he cannot handle your failures. In fact, he wants us to come into his presence as we are so that we can find the strength to become who God wants us to be. It is in his presence, the Bible says, that we can find refuge. It is in his presence that we can find joy. 
It is in His presence that we can find pleasure. It is in His presence that we can find the things that the world cannot give to us at all. And so never ever believe that God will leave you. He will always be with you. The story of Daniel and his three friends in the fiery furnace in the Old Testament. Three friends who, and Daniel, that's four of them, who were condemned to be put into a fiery furnace because they refused to bow down to an idol. They were put into this fiery furnace and this is what an unbeliever, the king, who had a soft spot for Daniel. He says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? Sorry, three men, not four. They answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered and said, But I see four men around, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the son of the gods. Ironic, isn't it? That even in the midst of the fire and a fiery furnace, and when you're talking about a fiery furnace, you're talking about a room this size that is heated up with coals and logs and set ablaze, and then they will throw you in there till you burnt to death. But we see from the story of Daniel and his two friends that they survived that. How? Not because God pulls them out of the fiery furnace, but because he is with them in the fiery furnace. What was it? It was his manifest presence that protected them at a time when they should have been destroyed. Isn't that amazing? Never lose sight of God's presence and how his presence protects you and keeps you safe. And even though you go through the harshest of storms, even though you go through the deepest of, of situations and the hardest of circumstances, even though sometimes like Daniel you will be in literal fire, the presence of God can keep you safe and sound. What was interesting is that an unbeliever was able to identify the presence of God. Which is what happens when people who don't know God, who don't have a relationship with Jesus, like you and I do, and when we go through the fire as it were, people say, that's strange, how did you make it through? There was just something about, I, I don't know, I would have crumbled if I was to face what you faced. What was the difference is that God's presence was with us. Maybe we didn't feel it. Maybe we didn't go, oh, God's presence is here. Because you were so worried about your financial crisis or your medical situation or circumstance. But God was ever present in your times of trouble. Even when it did not feel. The Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. 
Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded people. There's a sense that we live in the grace of God and that He embraces us in our sin. But there is also clearly a greater intimacy that we can have with God when we lean to live lives, lean in towards living lives that are righteous. When we choose to live a holy life, when we choose to live a life set apart from the world, not isolated from the world, everybody say not isolated, but set apart. And not physically, but I'm talking about in our thinking, in our choices, in our decision making. We are set apart. I don't want to be set apart, locked up in a room and saying, oh, I'm seeking the face of the Lord. But in your thinking, there is fear. In your thinking, there is sinful thoughts. In your thinking, there's anything but righteousness. To be set apart means I make choices and decisions in my everyday life that do not align with the principles of the world. They align with the principles of God. And I set myself apart in that way. And within that there are times I will lock myself up in a room. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Even though we are in this close, intimate relationship with Jesus where He dwells within you. There is capacity for us to draw nearer. In my marriage with my wife for over 50 something years. <laughs> 30 something years. Feels like 50, but it's only 30. 50 good years. Don't assume anything else. <laughs> we have a better understanding of one another. Whether I am here or in London, we are connected much to the annoyance of my daughter. Thank God to WhatsApp video. <laughs> we never feel separated, even though we may be in different parts of the world. Why? Because we stay connected in our emotions. We stay connected in our thoughts. We stay connected, thank God, to WhatsApp digitally. It feels as though we are in the same room, especially when you have a good connection. And so it is important for us in our lives to maintain that good connection with God in our everyday living. Choosing to live for Him. Choosing to fear Him with reverence and to set our lives apart. Because when we do, we have a sensitivity to the things of the Spirit like we never had before. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 talks about us, the, the Spirit of God revealing things to the sons of God. The things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned and are not understandable by those who do not have the Spirit of God. So you have a head start in your relationship with God. A head start from everybody else who does not know Jesus. Amen. And I'm going to unpack that in the next couple of weeks. How do we discern and understand in the midst of the chaotic world that we live, the presence of God is there with us. 
Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Isn't that wonderful? I want you to understand that God is everywhere. I want you to understand that God is with us. But also God is with you. Isn't that powerful? The creator of this universe chooses to dwell with you. Never believe the lie of your thoughts, the enemy, whatever you want to call it, that says God does not care for you. That God does not have time for you. That He has forsaken you. God will never forsake you. His presence is the promise that He has given. I will be with you. And my presence will give you rest. 